over with, right? And oh, by the way, there's a, there's a holiday that comes before that, Thanksgiving Day, by the way. It, you know, we kind of forget about that. But we've had Black Friday, and tomorrow is, what, Cyber Monday? And after that, it's Exhaustion Tuesday and Credit Card Wednesday, right? And get ready for Christmas time. And as we are preparing our hearts for Christmas, it's appropriate, especially for Southern Baptists, to be thinking about the reason that our Lord came into the world and became our Savior. Because of the heart of God, as we see in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave and he sent his only begotten Son. And so it's with the world that our minds are preoccupied with coming to Christmas time. And as Southern Baptists, and uh, I don't know about you, I've been one for pushing 50 years now. And one of the first things I learned was the week of prayer for what was then foreign missions, now international missions, and the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. This year our theme, you'll see it on the screen, is going to be every church, every nation. Every church, every nation. And the obvious emphasis is on the word every. Now that's not a word that we can use very often to apply to everybody at every time in every place. Many times we exaggerate with words like every and all. But the Bible uses those types of words, comprehensive words, to describe the sweeping way that God and his heart is, is after the world. All, every, it's the purpose, it's the mission of God. But God is uniquely qualified to use such words. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Jesus said that we are to go into the world and to make disciples of all nations. And so it's those types of comprehensive words that bring us our focus into this concept of every church, every nation. Why can we say that? Because that's the way that God talks. He talks about all. He talks about every. And those words are calling for our attention today as his people. So God is charging all of his people with the sacred task of taking the gospel of Christ to every group of people in the world, every people group, every tribe, as their only hope, can we say this often enough, as their only hope for salvation and eternity with God. Not just one option, but the only option, the only way, as Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way and the life. It is singular. It is exclusive. And it's those kinds of words that grab our attention today as those who understand what Christmas is about. We celebrate Christmas not, Christmas not just as another holiday, but it is a defining holiday of who we are as God's people. And so it 
when we talk about the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, we talk about the week of prayer for international missions, we're talking about us. We're talking about our God. We're talking about who we are, what we're about, what he's about. God is calling every one of us, every church, every believer to a few things this morning. First of all, a sense of clarity. The week of prayer for international mission serves as a call for every church to refocus, to recalibrate on the mission of God throughout the Bible. We use the word missions plural, but let's Let's just say this morning, there are not missions, plural. There are projects, mission projects, plural. But there's only one mission that God has, one purpose. And it's revealed throughout the Bible from Genesis through all the way, the New Testament all the way through to Revelation. It is the purpose of God that began with Abraham and finishes in heaven with every tribe, with every tongue gathered around the throne of Christ. The prophet Habakkuk was just one of many voices that echoed God's eternal plan. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14, he said, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now let me ask you, how much of the seas are covered by water? Is there any part of it that's not covered by water? In fact, to say the seas is to imply water. And the, the prophet Habakkuk says, for the earth will be. He's a prophet. He's prophesying this. He's saying this is going to happen, not hopefully, not maybe, but that it will happen. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Not just the glory of the Lord, but with those who know it, those who experience it. Those who understand it because they know Christ. And they know the glory of the Lord because he is their hope for glory. This is going to happen. The vision was first given to Abraham as God promised to make him a father of many nations. It's the same vision that Jesus gave in the Great Commission to make disciples of all of those nations. Not the 200 plus countries as some have misunderstood the word nation to refer to not the way that we use the word in the United Nations those are countries but it was Billy Graham and a few others in 1972 at the, at, uh, in Switzerland at the uh, Lausanne conference who brought it to our attention that the Great Commission was not to countries, but it was to every tribe and every people group on the face of the earth. They were ethno-linguistic groups defined by languages, culture, and traditions. Someone suggested it. whoever it is that you sleep with at night, that's your tribe. Whoever you hang with, whoever you eat with, whoever you gather with, that's your culture, that's your tribe. So how many of those are we talking about? 200 plus countries? No, we're... We're talking about closer to about 20,000 tribes, people groups, peoples. That's a pretty daunting task. That's a pretty challenging mission of God. But it is the mission of God and the mission of his son, Jesus. The, the knowledge of, that God's glory would fill the earth 
Just imagine that in every one of those tribes, no matter what island, no matter what continent that they would be on, that is the mission of God. And can I tell you this morning, it's the mission of God's people. As Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, he looked at his disciples and said, so send I you, just the way he sent me. We don't often like to hear that because we get real comfortable with some things. We like to see things the way that, that uh, we want to see them. Found some crazy glasses this morning. How you like them? Let me try them on here. Look at the choir. Now, something interesting, these belong to my grandson, by the way. Picked them up off the table before I headed for church. I thought, well, that's interesting. You see, I can see some things out of here. I can see the things I want to see. I don't see everything. I don't see all of you. Depends on where you line up with these blue lines right here. And oh, by the way, something else about these glasses. They bring attention to me. How about that? Wow. I don't think I'll be wearing these while I'm driving. I might pull somebody over. What do you think? Now that's, that's wild. You know what that reminds me of? of one tribe that God designated to be the tribe that was to be the witness and the light to all of the rest of the tribes. He called them my people. He said, I will be your God. You'll be my people. And this will be your purpose. You'll be a light. You'll be a witness to all the rest of the world. But see, the Israelites got away from that, and they liked to see the world through what they really wanted to see, not the way that God had given them. And then they got this, this notion, and not that they were wrong, we are God's people. Look at us. You see, it's all about us. We're the ones that God loves. We're God's people. Never mind the rest of the world. Why? We're, we're God's people. See? They forgot the reason they were created to be God's people was to be that light. Can I tell you that we're real close as a church to being right there with Israel? We think that it's all about us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We sing, let the earth hear his voice. That ought to be the reminder for us. William Carey, the great Southern Baptist missionary, said, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations with him. Lottie Moon, you've heard of her. She said, how many there are who imagine that because Jesus paid it all, they need pay nothing, forgetting that the prime object of their salvation was that they should follow in the footsteps of Jesus in bringing back a lost world to God. Pastor Tony Evans was at the airport one time, and uh, he said he was waiting for his flight, and he had a little time, and he looked over and he saw that there was a, there was a little place that was selling chicken. He said, well, that chicken looked pretty good. I thought, well, I've got some time to eat some chicken before I board my plane. He went and ordered his chicken. He just sat down near the gate to eat chicken when he heard them call for his flight to board. 
he <laughs> looked at his chicken. He looked at the gate, looked at the chicken, looked at the gate with the plane. And then he remembered, I didn't come to the airport to eat chicken. I came to the airport to get on the plane. You see, many times we as Christians, as, as a church, as Southern Baptists even, have gotten busy eating chicken. That is the Baptist bird, isn't, isn't it? Right? We eat a lot of that chicken, right? Chicken casserole, fried chicken. You know. We eat a lot of chicken in many ways. We are caught up in what church is all about and the fellowship and don't get me wrong I enjoy that as much as anybody banana pudding and everything else but we didn't come here to eat chicken God brought us here and left us here for a season for his mission his purpose his purpose He's looking beyond the corner you and I live on, beyond the city that we inhabit, the subdivision. He sees a world. And can I tell you this morning, he sees a world where there are many who have yet to even hear the name of Jesus. A sense of clarity is what we need. Right as we're getting ready for every church, every nation, and the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And I hope that you'll be like our household has done. Is we have made the Lottie Moon Christmas offering our largest gift. Of all the gifts that we give, you want to give something back to your, to your Savior, to Jesus? Give toward the purpose, his mission for which he, which he came. A sense of clarity is what we need. We need a sense of responsibility, too. Paul to the church in Corinth wrote, Let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. In this case, moreover, it is required of, stu of stewards that one be found trustworthy. Another version says faithful. Servants, he said, let people regard us this way. Now, he was speaking as a missionary. Of course, we are servants. The word meant we are under rowers in the ship while our Lord, our Savior, he is rowing above. We're, we're the ones that are digging in, doing a lot of the dirty work, the hard work, rolling up our sleeves because we are servants of his. And he says, let, let us also be regarded as stewards of the mysteries of God. And we know that word, we know stewardship, is a trusteeship, managers of the mysteries of God, the gospel, the word of God. It's been put in our hands. God could have done it so many ways to get his mission accomplished and to get the message of salvation in Christ to the rest of the world, but he chose to put it in our hands. And if that is the case, then my brothers and sisters, we have a responsibility. We have an accountability for what has been put in our hands. God is calling, for sure, some to pick up and move their lives and become career missionaries 
And I'll tell you, we, we shouldn't underestimate what that is all about. God is calling some to do that. Some of you perhaps have, have done that yourselves, and maybe you're, you have loved ones and family members that are doing it even right now. There's something special about the call of God, whether it's the call to preach or be in another type of ministry. Many of us who've been called into the ministry, we remember where we were and what we were doing when we sensed that God was tapping us on the shoulder and calling us to a life of service. It's that way whether you're preaching, whether you are another type of ministry, whether you are a missionary, it defines your life and it's something special. I remember when Beth and I were in uh, our seminary days and we had uh, one little girl, she was uh, four or five, and uh, she went to the Baptist church that we were part of in Fort Worth, and they had on Wednesday night mission friends, among other things, uh, uh, you know, ACT teens and GAs, and uh, I don't know if you still have those groups or not, uh, RAs, and we, were, we used to at least, we taught kids about what it was like to listen for God to call and to be ready to respond. Our little Julie came home one Wednesday night. She said, I know what I want to do when I grow up. I know, I know what I want to be when I grow up. And we said, what? Come back from mission friends? What? She said, I want to be a migrant worker. <laughs> well, we laughed at that. And yet inside we thought we now Julie, if that's what God calls you to do and be, that's what you need to do. You know? Well, she's not five anymore. She's 38 and a mommy with three kids and a school teacher. And she probably hates to hear us tell that story. But that meant so much to us that she, at a, at a young age with a tender heart, was listening. Can I ask you, church, are you cultivating an atmosphere, an environment in which young hearts and lives are listening for God's call. Or even older ones, you know? Do you celebrate that? Do you encourage it? You know, I go to some sporting events and invariably, whether it's a baseball game or a football game or another, there'll be a time where there will be someone introduced who is a service man or a service woman and everybody will leap to their feet we'll take our hats off and we'll applaud and we should for the great service that they have done for our country we appreciate that we applaud it we celebrate it can you just imagine that type of celebration in heaven for those who've given their lives to the cause of Christ as they're brought in and everyone notices? Will there be a great celebration in heaven? Will there be applause? Will there be appreciation? I, I think so. Then why don't we begin now as God's people? Why don't we begin now to encourage young and old alike to listen for God's call? Someone, some might be career, some might be short-termers, 
Some might go on mission trips with a team and come back after a week. But this idea of the cause of Christ in places in the world where they've never even heard of Jesus and to go and somehow mingle with them and become part of their lives and they become part of our lives to the point where they, they understand that Jesus loves them because they know that, that some of us who've lived among them love them. If you know those like that, I want to encourage you to as you're praying for missionaries, as you're paying, as you're giving, to whatever way God would lead you to get behind those who are doing that. We have come to the point as Southern Baptists where we almost have like a cynicism. Can I say that today? Like, I have heard, I have heard good Baptist folks say about those who give their lives for missions, why in the world would you want to do that? I can't imagine doing that. I've even heard Christians say, I would never. Boy, that's, that's the last thing you want to say to God. I would never. Can you open your hearts this morning? I'm not saying God's going to call all of us to pick up and go and do something like that. But he is calling all of us to be willing to. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. The week of prayer and the Lottie Moon Christmas offering are calling us back to not only clarity, but a sense of responsibility and a sense of eternity. In 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter wrote, and you know Peter, he wasn't exactly perfect, was he? But the Holy Spirit had shown him some things, and he wrote them down. He said, you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. What was he saying? He was saying what a lot of us know already. We know that we wither. I feel like I'm withering every year. And the flower falls off. Try to put it back on. You know, try to rearrange that hair. The flower keeps falling off. We keep withering. Because we understand that life, this life, is temporary. And eternity is coming. Eternity is coming. What Peter was saying is that we, the people of God, get it. We understand that there's withering and there's falling off flowers going on all the time, but there's something that's been planted inside of us. It's the imperishable word of God. And, you know, beloved, there are two things that will last forever. The word of God and people. Now watch this. Our job is to bring those two together. Everything else is going to fade away or burn up. It'll be gone. Two things will last forever. The Word of God, the imperishable Word of God, and people will last forever, for better or for worse. And our job right now is to bring those two things together.
Because watch what happens. When the imperishable word of God comes into the heart of a person, that person, he or she, now becomes imperishable and eternal. What a purpose, what a mission God has given us. Other, others are ignoring it, but we cannot ignore it. I was in Central American country of Belize one time and talking to the pastor, and I said, Pastor, how do you, how do you share Christ with people here? He said, it's simple. There's a little cemetery on the outside of town, and I asked people this. We're all going to that cemetery one day, but what's going to happen to you after you go there? Because we know we're all going there. Well, what comes next? You see, the concept of eternity is something that everybody should be thinking about, but most are not. We as Christians, we are. And maybe we're the only ones who are. What comes next? Lottie Moon said, how many million more souls are to pass into eternity without having heard the name of Jesus? In 1956, a few men were in Ecuador getting ready to witness to a tribe, the tribe of the Wadoni. It was Jim Elliott and uh, Nate Saint and three other men. And we know how the story went. You can see it in the movie, uh, End of the Spear. It's a good movie if you haven't seen that. As, uh, as they were getting ready to go with what would end up being a fatal visit for them. Nate Saint was visiting with his little boy, Steve. And they knew that the Wydoni were a little, little active and they were warriors and it was, it was a dangerous it, it, mission. It was, it was risky. Steve said, Dad, what if the Wydoni attack you? What will you do? Will you, will you shoot them? Please tell me you'll shoot them with your guns. Nate looked at little Stevie and said, Stevie, we cannot shoot the Wydoni. You see, they're not ready for heaven. We are. Eternity. We have a sense, clarity, responsibility, and eternity. And yes, some of us are going to be called specifically to go. But can I tell you, we are all called to get behind them. And in a sense, go with them. Because they are us and we are them. It's every church, every nation. Will you pray with me? Lord, we love you, and we want to join you in what you're doing. We pray that during this season of Christmas and season of prayer and giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, that we'll dig down and we'll, we'll give generously from our hearts, even sacrificially, as we know who we are, who you've made us to be, we are partners with you in a great co-mission together. Lord, we pray during the, even this time that you'll move some of our hearts.
Now, as our eyes are, are closed, our heads are bowed, I want you to think about what God is going to be saying to you during this Christmas season and how he would leave you, lead you specifically to give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Perhaps there are those with us today who need to make decisions for Christ. You need to come give your life to Jesus. Perhaps you need a church home. You need to be baptized. Whatever that might be, this is a time for you to respond. We want to invite you in a moment as we sing to come. Shall we stand together? Brother Wayne will be waiting for you in the front.